0: Hi, on this episode of Real Time Truth, we're going to ask and answer the question, are our loved ones who have gone on to heaven to be with the Lord, are they really watching over us? Can they see us? Are they involved in what's happening down here? What does the Bible have to say about that? Join us on this episode and we'll dive into it.
1: Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth, where in 19 minutes you're going to hear a biblical perspective on things that you deal with every day in your home, church, community, and in the surrounding culture. I'm Matthew McDill. And I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. And today we're kind of, we're dealing with a a little bit of a tougher issue, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. We're talking about death. Yeah. And losing a loved one is always hard. Yeah. And it seems like this time of year in church ministry, I'm learning Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot more prevalent,
0: yeah, I don't know what it is about the, the weather, even though we've not had a really, really cold winter, but it seems like in the winter time we experience more death. Um, it seems like people, obviously, with the flu and sickness, and there's just, um and again, a lot of times that will uh, lead someone that's got poor health to uh, the domino that leads to death. Um, and so we're going to talk about today about our loved ones who die and are in heaven, Mm -hmm. and what do they know about what's happening here? What do they see, really see, Mm -hmm. about what's happening here?
1: Because this time of year, especially one of the hardest things about, regardless of what time of year a loved one passes away, it's always hard. But it's really hard this time of year. Because all the holidays we just celebrated, it just puts just a fine point on that person that's no longer there. Yeah. And so... How do people often console themselves in this? What's our tendency to do sometimes?
0: Well, um, and, and I don't mean to be critical here, but this is real-time truth. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say what I'm going to say and let the chips fall where they may. And this is not to point fingers at anyone, but um, I've done a lot of funerals. I have been involved in a lot of funerals. And I will hear, um, whether it be preachers or family members or whatever, they'll, they'll say some really nice things about um, their loved one that passed away or, or whatever the case might be, and you'll hear things like this. Well, I'm so grateful that um, they're no longer suffering and they've got their new body and they're walking streets of gold, and you know they're just going to be looking over the balcony of heaven now, and, and just seeing us, and uh, you know as as part of that great cloud of witnesses. And you know what? The only thing that was true about what I just said is that they're no longer suffering. That's it. The rest of it is not biblical, and that is jarring to say that. And so we need to kind of unpack this now.
1: Sure, because um, uh, those out there who are watching and listening to this, and you're hearing this for the first time, uh, we are, I don't know what to to liken this to, but we are kind of squashing something precious. But but hear us on this. uh, What we want to wrap with today is the understanding that when we get rid of doctrine that you hold on to that isn't biblical, then it points you in the right direction. Yeah, and it points you to real healing and real recovery. Yes, it does. And so you said that people they they look at this, they look at people, they, and they think of their loved ones looking down from heaven. Yeah, where do they? Where do you think that the people normally get that? Where do they? I mean, where's that come from?
0: I think that the the place they pull it from, and they might not, I can quote the chapter and verse, but it's Hebrews twelve one. Uh, I've got it right here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay us let us lay aside every weight and every sin that clings to us, and so forth. So they see that verse and they say well there's a cloud of witnesses they think of clouds they think of heaven they think of witnesses they think of well it's got to be our loved ones even Noah and Abraham and Moses and the apostle Paul and Peter and so forth the problem is we begin to take a passage and we we proof text with it and we say, well, that's what that means. But we've got to look at the context. And the basic context of the passage is Hebrews 12.1 is the first verse that comes after Hebrews chapter 11, which if you know anything about scripture, Hebrews 11 is often called the hall of faith. Mm-hmm. Where you have this listing um, by the writer of all of these great Old Testament saints who have gone on to um, and are now in, in, in heaven uh, with the Lord, but um, those are the witnesses we're talking about here. They're not our loved ones. The cloud of witnesses that's being described in Hebrews twelve one are. Abraham, Noah, you know uh, Moses and so forth. It's so no- it's
1: so it's Abraham and and Noah and Moses and these guys that are all watching my life.
0: <laughs> no, it's actually the other way around. And this is the part that we need to be very careful about understanding proper um, biblical hermeneutics when actually translating or looking at a at a passage of scripture. Okay, so here's here's the deal. Abraham and Moses and Noah and my grandparents who love the Lord are not looking down from heaven and seeing us right now. There is no scriptural evidence for that whatsoever. No, we're the ones who are actually looking to them and to their lives as the cloud of witnesses. Mm -hmm. We look to their lives as a witness and example of their faith and of their trust in God not like, the other way around. I like how you said
1: it one time when you said that they are a better way of maybe looking at that for us is not necessarily witnesses because we think of witnesses as they're standing by their they're bystanders to our lives as opposed to tried and true examples mm-hmm. because yeah. their lives show us what life can be like yeah. when lived in faith.
0: That's right. And so that's why you have Hebrews 11. You see Noah, who showed such great faith to build an, an ark, a boat when it never rained. You see, you know, Abraham trusting in great faith to leave his homeland to head who knows where. God hadn't told him initially. Mm-hmm. And so that's the description of the cloud of witnesses. Yet, we we have somehow through the years garnered this idea in our minds that um, I'll use an example of my grandfather, C.M. Brown, whom I speak of often. Um, he is not looking down from heaven at me. And the truth is, I don't want him to be. Because you know what? <laughs> I still sin a lot more than I care to admit. I mess up and do things that I, I, I don't want you know him to see. But here's the thing. Wouldn't it be um, kind of a downer to think that I, let's say now me or you, Matthew, or those of you watching or listening are going to go to heaven and have to be occupied with what's going on down here? Why would I want to be bothered with the mess of this? Seriously. Seriously. When I have access to the presence of God, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So uh, to be preoccupied with what's happening on earth while we're in heaven, to me, would be a colossal downer. And I'm grateful that we won't be. Scripturally speaking, there's no evidence for that whatsoever.
1: No, and I think of uh, I think of the Luke sixteen passage as well, where you have the you have Lazarus who found himself in Abraham's bosom after he passed away, and then you had the rich man who opened his eyes being in torment in hell. Yeah, and that passage of scripture, I think it kind of confronts us mm-hmm. because we we have that idea we we've kind of gathered we've heard that notion mentioned so many times in funerals that all oh, they're looking down and. So that passage of Scripture, I feel like it just kind of like stops me because it basically is saying, no, let me tell you what those who have already passed on, who are in eternity now, are well aware of. Yeah. There's no more interaction. Yeah. There's, I mean, and you can say, oh, well, you know, he's thinking of his, you know, his lost siblings and how they need a witness and all of this. But he knew that from his life here.
0: Yeah, you're speaking it, of, of Lazarus, the, the poor beggar. Well, I was mm-hmm. thinking about,
1: and I was thinking about the, the rich man who, yes. Who, yes. who 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 passed away, and he, yeah. all of his lost siblings. Yeah, he wanted a witness to go to them so that they wouldn't wind up where yeah. he was. But he wasn't sitting in hell watching his family saying, "Oh, don't come here." He already knew that that's just where he left them. Yeah. Whenever he passed away, his siblings were lost, and he wanted something to change that. But that's, and so that's what the that and it's not a parable. Right. it's not a parable it is a, it's a true story something that Jesus is attesting to yeah. and is confronting us saying just like Abraham told the rich man there's no one that goes back and forth here mm-hmm. okay there's no yeah. interaction okay you're done they're there and you're here and that's it yeah. and so I would and like I, some people could poke holes in that and so I'm not going to be like just forcefully dogmatic on it but I would kind of hold that up as a little bit of an argument and saying they don't they yeah. don't see us from there, yeah. and like into your argument of saying, "Why would they?" For those who are in heaven, why would they want to be preoccupied with this, with no. a sin broken world? That's
0: right. Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be. I wouldn't want to be uh, when I have the alternative of, of seeing uh, the Lord um, and being a part of the things that He wants me to be a part of. Now, now remember um, to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. Yeah, there's okay? no third. There's no third option. There isn't, There's no purgatory. There's none of this stuff. That's all often taught soul sleep and this stuff that you get from the Roman Catholic Church. So when you hear someone say, well, um, uh, blessed be to God, uh, they're no longer suffering and they're in their glorified body. Not yet. We all are going... Those who know Christ, who have died, say my grandfather, I'll use him, C.M. Brown, died in 1985, loved him dearly, always will, He's going to get his glorified body at the same time I get mine. And mm-hmm. that happens at the rapture. Yep. So when that trumpet blast sounds, the, 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 that, that uh, you know, wonderful moment when um, the Lord Jesus returns in the air... The dead in Christ, their bone dust will molecularly, whatever, come up off of this earth and rise into the sky. Even if somebody, as morbid as this sounds, were blown up on the battlefield in you know uh, World War II, God will reconstruct and bring their bodies, the bone dust, out of the, the tombs, up into the air, and my grandpa gets his new body. Okay, the dead in Christ will rise first, and then those who yet remain, if I happen to be still on this earth when the Lord Jesus returns in the air, then I will rise and and I will receive my new body. So my grandpa's got his new body in the air, I get my new body in the air, and then we are ushered into heaven with our new bodies Mm -hmm. and so we get them at the same time so this bothers people matthew because people go well wait a minute so does your grandpa not have a body right now is he just a, a disembodied spirit floating around in heaven yeah he is or there are those that Dr. David Jeremiah says that there's potentially some sort of intermediate body that we get uh, waiting on our permanent uh, body that we're going to get our, our brand new body. I, I, I don't see that in scripture. I, I don't, a little. Yeah, I think that's over exegeting a passage that he's looking at in Second Corinthians five. Be that as it may. I have not look. We are spirit beings, all right. We are created in the image of God, and God is spirit. So when I die, my body stays here on this earth, and it's buried in the ground. But that's not who I am. Who I am is spirit. And so Kevin Brown, at the moment of my death, my spirit comes out of my body and it goes to be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I don't need a jetpack. I don't need something from NASA to get me to the third heaven. I get to heaven by way of God taking my spirit and placing it in his presence. To be absent from the body, I'm touching my hands, touching my face, is to be present with the Lord. And so it is... It is wrong teaching to say that when a loved one dies right now, that they get their glorified body. They don't. Not yet. Granted, they're no longer suffering. Mm -hmm. Granted, they're no longer in pain. But to say that they get their new glorified body? No. Not until the rapture occurs. And so we're
1: dealing, you can tell, uh, with kind of a broader description than maybe what you might see in in the title of the podcast. We're talking about about consoling ourselves with unbiblical doctrine. Mm-hmm. And so why do you, when, when I think of, back to a kind of like our original topic about, you know, our loved ones looking down from us, yeah. why, why do you think that, that people want that notion? I mean, think about it. They know that their loved one is saved. Yeah. They're going to see him again. Yeah. If they know Christ as well, they're going to see them again. Why the emphasis on the fact that they're looking down on them here and now?
0: I think it just soothes us. I think it's uh, and 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 I know this. I don't mean for this to come across as as um, insensitive, but to a degree, it's a selfish thought.
1: Well, and it's hard to and it's hard to say that. Maybe it's hard to hear that. Mm-hmm. But but really, what is? I think this is what mm-hmm. I think is that we still want that connection with them. Yes. And so, but think about that for just a second. What we're attempting to do is we're attempting to bring heaven back down here to earth. Yeah. And uh, again, for who? For us it's for us, yeah it's for us, rather than recognizing that you know what's hard they're not they're not looking down on us yeah, and I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I am I am too, <laughs> but there's still that heartache
0: yeah of but course. so
1: then but this is what I think of with this is I think that we are attempting to soothe ourselves yeah. We're attempting to soothe ourselves rather than letting God be the one that soothes us. Because when we find that our descriptions of whatever is going on is inadequate, then we stop leaning on ourselves. That's just what we did whenever we trusted Christ. When we realized mm-hmm. that we could not get rid of our own sin, yeah. we stopped leaning on ourselves and we mm-hmm. called on the
0: one who could take care of our sin. That's it. The Lord is the one who consoles us. Yeah. And we look to Him and we lean on Him um, and we look to Him. Yes, we have memories Mm-hmm. Of our loved ones that okay. are that are uh, wonderful and consoling mm-hmm. and soothing, um, but this idea that um, you know they're they're looking down over us and they're watching over us as almost some sort of angelic. Uh, spirit or being that maneuvers things. I hear people talking about, well, you know, and they speak of a, a loved one that's gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, well, they're watching over me and they protected me from this and they did that. And no, that's not that you can't point to chapter and verse for any of those thoughts. Again, it's comforting. It's, it's soothing perhaps to, to want that, but it's just not biblical.
1: Well, and not to sound crass, but so is the thought you know, to like my five-year-old daughter who believes in, you know, she loves unicorns. Yeah. She doesn't She doesn't think they're real. She doesn't yeah. think that they're real. But what if she did? Yeah. You know, that would be a sad thought to one day tell her, hey, you know what? Unicorns really aren't real. Yeah. Okay. So just because something makes me feel good doesn't make it any more true. That's right. And whenever we get our eyes fixed on truth, then that's when I would say that healing really begins. Yeah,
0: absolutely. One other thought. 20 second thought for you Um, is my grandpa walking streets of gold I don't believe so it's possible but the streets of gold are found in the new Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and the new Jerusalem comes down out of the new heaven Mm -hmm. and will either sit on or levitate between the new heaven and the new earth according to Revelation chapter 21 I do not, this is Kevin personally, I cannot point to chapter and verse to say that a loved one who's in heaven right now is actually walking streets of gold. The streets of gold are found in the New Jerusalem. And and as far as I'm concerned, uh, biblically speaking, the New Jerusalem's not open for business yet. And so I'll get to walk the streets of gold, uh, at least what I see uh, biblically uh, with my grandpa at the same time he does. And we'll do that in our new bodies together when we when we go in after the rapture. Cool thought to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: So overall, maybe a jarring concept that you've not really thought of before. But again, my thoughts are: I'd rather know truth. Yeah then attempt to console myself with a fallacy.
0: Yeah. We lean on the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, and He is our sustenance. Um, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So we find our rest and our strength from Him, and that's who we look to mm-hmm. for all things.
1: It's been said that uh, pain is God's megaphone into our life. Amen. And so... Uh, it's it's okay to feel that. Yeah, it's Amen. okay to feel that and to hurt that way because, and then to take the proper response and not to attempt to soothe ourselves with something that the invention of a grieving heart, but by leaning into Him.
0: Amen. Well said.
1: Well, this has been another episode of Real Time Truth. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Matt McNeil.
0: I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. Take care.